Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me for this week is Mitch. How are you, mate? I'm pretty good. Getting used to this wild card business, tell you what. Yeah, mate, wild card. This was a late call-up. You got the call-up this afternoon. I said, look, mate, i got a spare seat. I need you to fill it in. Um, JD is off crook. He is sick as a dog, mate. He is, he is Always ready with crook. my headset to fill in, mate. Yeah, mate, mate, that's heard. good. Like every good podcaster's, you know, got his mic and his headset sitting by. Always takes it with him, just in case you get that call up. It's always in my backpack, even when I'm at the bakery. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> we should jump into some news first. So, TCR, Australia TCR, is um, it's pretty much kicking off in a full swing now. They are coming up for their first race meeting this weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it was a long time there looking at all the TCR news and stuff with not much in the way of drivers and whatnot announced. You're like, that's cool, but who's going to drive them? But now it yeah. looks like we've got a full field and it looks like it's going to be good fun. Yeah, yeah. We've got 16 cars, I believe, for the weekend. Um, so yeah. that's pretty good for first round, like for first outing. And there's some good names in there. There's some big names in there. Not massive names. I'll take a well, look at that back. There's some, there's some people that will recognize just... it for sure. There's definitely some good drivers in the field. Like, so what got announced today was Andre Heingardner is yep. um, racing. Kelly Racing is going to race under the number triple seven, um, and he's going to be in the Subaru. So he's going to be lining up with um, Molly Taylor, who is the Australian Rally Champion. I thought yep. she was the current one, but I think she may have won not last year, year before. But she's definitely races in the Australian Rally Championship for Subaru. Yeah. Um, Alex Rulo will be in one of the Opal Astras. And Chelsea Angelo, she's actually signed up on, for Kelly Racing as well. Um, she will race alongside um, Alex Rulo, which is good because she sort of missed out on the W Series. Um, she sort of fell off Super 2s. She did a little bit of the Porsche Michelin GT Challenge, or I think that's what they call it. But she never really seemed it. to have a solid drive, whereas this seems to be a bit more locked down for her, which is cool. Mm. Well, there's a couple of the liveries have sort of come out. GRM's announced their livery, oh, uh, which like looks their tactic. We're not a factory team, but we definitely like yellow and black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've they've pretty much really got a predominant black with a yellow top car. Um, <laughs> yeah. Very much looking like Renault. I think do they even have a big Renault logo on the roof? It, it did look like they had a giant Renault logo on the roof. Like, I'm, I'm sure Renault's not going to be. Yeah, upset, yeah, no, they do. But they're like, don't expect any money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it'll be good. I think maybe they've got to get a bit more sponsorship on that car. Eh? We just brought up the image. Yeah. It's literally black it's, doors, red top. There's like, nothing <laughs> on the sides. It's only on the roof and bonnet. I'm sure they'll have something sorted by the weekend, maybe. Yeah, but. It's just a starting series. I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. Like, you go back a couple of years and you look at, um, you used to be able to watch British touring cars used to come up on the free to air every now and then. Very similar cars, very similar setup. Um, and they're actually really exciting racing. Like, relatively short races, but they're flat out the whole time, which is. Crazy. Oh, yeah. I reckon this could be really BTCC, good. BTCC, that's crazy driver in that one. Oh, yeah, man. That was mental. It was like, you have front wheel drives going dead sideways. And you're like, what? <laughs> Well, I've watched, like, coming into, the, during the off-season, I was watching a bit of TCR Europe, or I don't, I think it's just called the World TCR Championship. Good racing. Like, 
they've once you got that field, like down there over in Europe, they've got like you know thirty cars or something. We've only got sixteen. I guarantee you, there's probably yeah. I guarantee you, we've probably got some you know cars on the side, not cars on the side, like teams on the sideline. Like, let's see how this goes. We might yeah, jump yeah. in next year. See if it's um, a good, good learning experience for young drivers. See what the fans think of it and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be broadcast live on Free to Air TV in Australia on SBS. So check that out. Or <coughs> I believe there is a live stream option on their website. Um, oh, I read an article somewhere saying there is a live stream through their service. Sorry. I can't find anything on their website right now because obviously it's not live. But check it out. Go have a look. I think it's tcraustralia.com. In a way, there's not too much free racing on TV anymore, so that's that's a good thing. I think that's definitely good. Like for them to try and grow the sport in the in Australia, we need to be on free to air. Yeah, you can't and, you can't expect people to pay for something they don't know or get yet. Yeah, and it's going to be it's it's quick. So the races are short, but yeah. there's only like a half an hour gap between like the two races. I think on the Sunday. And the cars are in park for half of that, and they have to stay outside the pits. So they have to stay outside the garages in the pit lane at a 45. So every like, all the fans will be able to see the, anyone working on the cars. Feel sorry if there's any big damage on them to try and like fix it in yeah. a 15-minute park for me or non-park for me. I think I think if there's any big damage, you might see a couple of cars just drop out, just go. We can't get it fixed in time. Like, what? it depends on what's wrong, I guess, but. Yeah, but that's the only problem I see with that sort of format. Yeah, but it's doing something that I found with WA round, the nighttime round, was for prime time viewing, for the general viewers that weren't watching like the other support categories, there was a massive gap between qualifying and when the race started. Yeah. I think they kind of need to bring that gap down if you want to get just you know joe blow that's going to sit on the couch and go oh the supercars are on i'll watch yeah. that they're not yeah, going to go oh qualifying's on and oh now i gotta wait three hours or four hours before the race started yeah and if they're not interested in racing they're going to watch the the co the um the supports or anything like that and then again if they're just an average guy they're not too interested in all the chat and the interviews that go on you know, no. between the drivers, they don't care about that. <laughs> they just want to see some racing. Yes. So that is pretty much what's going on with TCR at the moment. So we, I'm not, we're not going to do an episode next week after the TCR, but we'll probably talk about it, you know, after the Monaco and the Winton supercars and Formula One. So that should be good. Let's jump on to Formula One. In qualifying, didn't Bottas just light it up? Like, was he six oh, tenths yeah. up on Hamilton? Made me feel really good about the tip that I made. I was like, "Yeah, you got this." Yeah, well, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, you and JD, bloody <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Um, he, he did really, really well in qualifying. I, I was, I was surprised about the pace that he had over it. But then I heard some talk like, "Oh, Hamilton, you know, something about tires or something." Like that. I can't even remember what it was. That, but they had an excuse for him. I'm like, nah, they had this than you. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, no, nah, man, he was quicker than you, and that's how it is. Yeah. And like I think he, he did that on his first lap too. Yeah. So his first lap in Q three, and then he shanked his second lap. But you know he was still six tenths up. Yeah. <laughs> For a fifteen a one fifteen four compared to a one sixteen zero. Like thank you very much. Take that any day. Yeah, definitely. I was 
hopeful for a awesome performance for him. But anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> well, when the race came, like I watched all the pre-race stuff, so like you know, all the grid walks and stuff like that. When they kept talking to all the drivers, I swear they were always like, "Oh, you know, it feels odd saying this, but I wish, you know, I hope for a boring race for you." You know, why, why go and say that? Don't go, don't don't start wishing for boring races. Yeah, you don't need to say that. It's like I hope you have a good race, but I hope it's really boring for everyone. Like <laughs> it seems a bit like a silly thing to say, and also like you know, someone that's not watching that not watches heaps of F one. You hear the commentators go, I hope you have a boring race. You'd be like, well, I'm not too interested in this fucking sport. No, it's like you really got to be careful what you wish for because you're going to get it. Yeah, exactly. This thing comes to another comment of mine was, is this a bad time for Formula One to grow the sport? So, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad time, but I think I get what you're getting at here. So, (laughs) yeah. We've got a lot of new fans that have discovered Formula One because of the Netflix series, right? Drive to Survive. Yep. yep. Really big bet. I didn't realize, I just think like everyone knows about Formula One. Like how do you not know about Formula One? Why do you need a little documentary on Netflix to tell you about it? But, you know. Yeah, it's like I've known about Formula One since I was like, since forever. I don't remember yes. not knowing what Formula One was. <laughs> Why don't I you? Come, I come out of the womb going, how's the Monaco Grand Prix? No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it would have been about the right time, too. <laughs> yeah, it would have. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they've grown the sport. We've got a lot of new fans um, that are coming interested to watching Formula One. And the way that that series really spiced it up, like, they really did dramatize the whole event. And they humanized the drivers. And I yep. think they, they you notice they like, focused a lot on Haas, an American-based team. For a a predominantly American market, like you, I watched that whole series, and then you're like, "Well, watch." Like, if I had no idea about Formula One, I wouldn't have. I would have just watched that series, going, "Well, Grosjean's going to lose his seat over this." Like, (laughs) like, they keep talking. He needs to pick up his game. Oh, Grosjean crashes out, but he kept his seat. It's like, oh, gobsmacked. But anyway, so Netflix has talked up this whole craziness of Formula One and how you know it's such an extreme sport. And it really is, and it's good. But all these new fans are coming in wanting to see all their new favorite Haas drivers. And <laughs> we've got Mercedes dominating. This is five one-twos in a row. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's, I get what you say. It is a bad time for people to come into the sport. They're going to be like, is this really all we do? Is watch the same two dudes win a race all the time. Like You watch... You watch Mercedes win, and you listen to everyone at the start of the race talk up Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they've got the pace this week. Oh, yeah, they're onto it. They've got some upgrades. No, they haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I hate saying it because they're where I want to be, but no, it's just not happening. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I believe that we're going to look back at this patch of formula, like this this grouping, like the hybrid era anyway, as either – Mercedes found a loophole somewhere and we're not realizing it yet. And in four years, three years time, we're going to find out that they've cheated the whole time. And yeah, it like, makes a lot of sense. In 10 years and everyone will be like, but they got away with it. And we still yeah. call them champions today. <laughs> oh. Like old NASCAR stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to look back on this in like, you know, 10, 20 years to go. Wow. Like 
we're really going to, I think we need to appreciate this in hindsight. Like at the moment, we're like, it's boring. We don't want to see them win every race. But it is also amazing that they managed to do this. It'll make a really cool story to be told in the format of a documentary in years to come. Because it's like, oh, they can, you know, they can get everything together and make a cool story out of it. Not that it's not a cool story now, but watching it as it slowly happens, you're like, yep, Mercedes won again. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, but it's a bit like, you, you, you know, you to come. It's going to be like, well, even like if you think of like the Red Bull domination, even the that. domination of the early 2000s. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that we do talk about that a lot and Schumacher and all that. And, but the Red Bull domination, even that, like they had those, you know, five years of setting the world on fire. But they had a lot of competition in that time too. Yeah, they were the dominant force. But they weren't quite where Mercedes is, I don't think. No, well, 2010 was a really good battle. Yeah. 2012 was really good. Um, Alonso really took it to Sebastian. Yep, yep. And yeah, that came down. 2013 and 14 were... They sort of come in closer, but I still think Red Bull were pretty, very well dominant they, there. They they fairly had it, but yeah, this this one two domination of Mercedes at the moment is crazy. Yeah, I I just five fifth like the fifth consecutive one two is amazing to think. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't see that in Formula One. Like one, the reliability, and two, just their outright pace compared to everyone else. Yeah, like nothing fails and they're just a mile ahead of everyone as soon as the race starts. Like like this race, um, there was a bit of a battle between Bottas and Hamilton, but even when they were fighting, people were falling behind them. Oh, yeah. But at the very start, that's something I wanted to ask. I was going to actually message you when we were watching it. Did you find the start very quiet? Like quiet is in volume, like the cars didn't have the full RPM up? Just sort of like, <laughs> just like ease out of the clutch, like granny shifting. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it was just the way that the where the mics were, but it wasn't like the, you know, oh, no. the five lights are on, and you can hear the cars like revving their guts out, ready to go. No, I have to agree with you. It did seem sort of lackluster because I was, I was watching it and I was looking at the lights, going, "This doesn't feel like a start." And then the lights yeah. dropped, and the, the cars went. Drops and they went. You're like, and they had this a race, like a Formula E start. Yeah, but like watching that start, you're like. Are you sure they're ready with those lights? Because it doesn't seem like yeah, <laughs> but apparently they were. But yeah, no, I agree with you on that. It did seem rather quiet. It's weird. Yeah. Well, Bottas had a pretty average start, um, and then when he sort of, I was hope, not hoping, I <laughs> thought that Vettel and Bottas were going to come together. Like it looked like that they could. Oh cause... yeah, it did. It very much looked like that when um, Vettel was around the outside, was it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I was watching that going, oh, here we go, here we go, and it didn't happen. Yeah, and then we all drove well for another 50-odd laps until yeah. <laughs> Carlos Saints, no, not Saints, was it Lando Norris made that mistake. Oh, I wouldn't say that was a mistake. It was probably a mistake, but it was a racing incident, as Brundle put it. Yeah, yeah. Like but it didn't get fully up the inside, but still side by side, and he had to race for that position with Lance Stroll. Unfortunate for Stroll, because he actually was... You know, I think he was up in the points at that point in time, or definitely close to it. Finished with a DNF. Yeah, that's never fun for anyone. Not at all. Uh, but 
Yeah. So other than that, really, I can't say much happened during that race. I no. Really well, Max got the jump on um, Sebastian. He had a very good start. Yeah, Max had a pretty damn good Max, start. I think. Yeah. But, you know, with the whole the Ferrari swapping Leclerc uh, and Vettel, they took too long to do that. Then they took too long to swap back towards the end of the race. But yeah. there wasn't, from what we've seen, there wasn't much going on. Like, barely any changes happened. This is almost, you'd say, lap three positionings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much, hey. It's, um, I, 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 would, I must admit, I had a few what we call micro-sleeps during the race and woke up and seen nothing had changed. Like, oh, okay. You know, like sometimes, like, because the races are on so late for us here in Australia, it's a bit, yep. you, you tend to fall asleep sometimes, and sometimes you wake up and you're like, wow, what happened? This was Yeah, so you're like, nothing has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I did, I rewatched the race on Monday because I did fall asleep. I was, um, like I said to you just before we started recording, I did race, I was karting on Sunday, and it was my first time during the day, and it was, it wasn't hot, it was actually lovely, really good temperature good to race in but i was just exhausted rare way to describe darwin weather it's been fantastic mate like no humidity like 29 28 degrees it's great you want to keep it that way for a month because i'll be up there humidity is coming back in a couple of days apparently well make sure it's gone before supercars (laughs) that's on you um Oh, that's on me to control the weather. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. <laughs> you can just reverse climate change for maybe for another month. Like, That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> um, I think, yeah. So Max did a pretty good job to keep the. Well, Max was legitimately faster than the red, the Ferraris, I reckon. Definitely. I'd say so. Yeah. I, he just was. It's, Ferrari just, I don't know what's wrong with them. They've, they've come out and said they've got no answers for their fl- form slump. And I'm going to say this is the biggest letdown of 2019. It is because I expected more. I think we all expected more after the year they had last year. And, you know, um, Arriva Bene got rolled and all that sort of stuff. You're like, all oh, right, some changes are happening. Something might happen. But from what I read, there was a lot of infighting in Ferrari last year. And maybe that's still happening. I don't know. Yeah, but, maybe they need it. Like, I can't say next season because I'm seriously, I'm really <laughs> doubting them. Like, I've wanted them to be able to take the fight to Mercedes. That's what we were promised all during the off season. We had a big teaser of it during the testing, and now it's just gone. They're not. They're like they're not fighting anyone anymore. Yeah, I think they're either they, at they, tracks where they're faster than the Red Bulls and they settle for second, or Red Bulls get past them and they just can't. They can't. Yeah, Sorry, and then anyone behind what would normally be behind a Red Bull still can't keep up with them. I think, like, I don't know. It's just really disappointing. And how far they've been off the pace, it's really hard to believe they're going to get it back. I'm going to like, put it down that they're not going to win a race this year. You reckon? They were close to it, Bahrain, weren't they? Yeah. but yeah. Nah, I mean, I've made dumb calls before, so... I wouldn't even I just, say it's an entirely dumb call. I think it's a big call, but it's not unrealistic. Well, I don't think Ferrari going to win a race this before, after the winter break, like until after the winter break. So until after Spa, you reckon? Yeah. Uh, I, 
I hope to disagree with you. I'm going to say I hope they win one. No, they're going to win one. Stuff you. <laughs> I reckon they probably won't win until bloody Singapore. <laughs> they'll win every W. <laughs> the last one. But That's yeah, like I just I, I, at the moment I really can't see anyone beating Mercedes. They just don't have it. Like, it nobody's got an answer for Mercedes. Nobody's close to them. Every qualifying session, I don't really watch too much practice sessions because work and whatnot. But yeah. it seems like a lot of the practice sessions they're up there as well. It's just like what I've on. noticed is Ferrari seem to. When they're practicing, they practice at a higher pace than everyone else. I think they're actually genuinely just looking for pace in their car at that point. They're like, just go push this thing as hard as you can because we need to figure it out. Like, that's just what it seems like to me because they don't seem to do race runs or anything practice. They're like, just let's see how fast we can make it go. Mm. And I think that they're really Ferrari, like, if they're doing that, it's to me, it seems like you're trying to build. Like, get a qualifying car. If we can get the car in the front of the grid, then... Try and hold them off. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Hold them off instead of fighting to get in front of them. Which is essentially what Mercedes do, but they don't even have to hold off. <laughs> they just need yeah. to drive. <laughs> the reason why Mercedes back off is to save fuel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How good is it, like, not really having to worry about saving fuel nowadays? Like... I know the drivers sort of do it a little bit, but it's not even something that we think about. But yeah, when they first brought this rule in, remember, like, my button pulled over, like, just past the start-finish line because he needed to have that one kilo of fuel in there for them to test it. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, um, <clears throat> But, yeah, we just don't even think about it anymore. I guess those engines, they're pretty efficient, like, for what they are. Yeah. I'm sure they still burn through shitloads of fuel. But... I mean, it's... the problem with Mercedes and their domination at the moment is making it really hard to talk about it. Yeah, it is, because there's not much to talk about. You're like, what happened this week? Same thing as last week. <laughs> well, in other Formula One news, Zandorf is looking, I'm going to say it's confirmed. All the news is sort of coming out today that it's getting confirmed tonight. Uh, so, um, By the time this comes out, it probably By the time this confirmed. comes out on Thursday. We're recording on Tuesday. It's going to come out well, Wednesday night, Thursday, um, it'll be released. But yeah, Zandorf will be, should be back on the Formula One calendar from 2020 as the Dutch Grand Prix. It's not exactly the most um, passable track. Like, no, it's not. I, I can't say I've got like, I know heaps about it or anything, but I've seen a couple of GT races there and it seems it's to be a, a case fun of track. I've yeah, driven I played it, it on a bunch on of games. Set of Corsa. Um, yeah. I drove a supercar around it. It's actually really fun in a supercar. But even then, I'm like, I don't think a supercar is going to pass on that track, let alone Formula One. It's a, it's a very much follow the leader sort of track from what I've seen in actual racing and stuffing around on Sims. Yeah. It's, there's not much room there, but it's still kind of cool to have a new a new, track. new A new track, a new you know, race on the calendar is always a good thing. Um, Are they dropping a racer? Yeah, they're going to have to drop one. I There was talk Mexico was leaving, but I think Mexico is going to stay. Um, I Do you reckon they're going to drop Silverstone? I don't know. Like, I've heard that talk before, but a lot of people sort of say, you can't drop Silverstone. Silverstone is F1. 
Yeah, Sorry. but I think those people are the ones that run, like, own the circuit. And yeah, they probably. pay the big money. <laughs> yeah. But, um... but you know what? If we drop Silverstone, I think that could almost be something to Ferrari, too, going, well, we dropped Silverstone. Like, you know, we, we can... We'll, Formula One will live without Silverstone. Formula One will probably live without Ferrari. It will. It will, but I can sort of see the argument of it wouldn't be the same. Like, Vettel, you know, when he joined Ferrari, he's like, everyone wants to drive Ferrari. Everyone wants to be a Ferrari. It's like, it's just that, the red car, the, it's, I know it's not the entire F1, but they're a pretty big part of it. I know they're a pretty big part of it, but I think Ferrari have too much power in the Formula One at the moment, and I think it definitely needs to be wheeled in. Like the fact that they can veto nearly any rule change. Yeah, that is a bit silly, and it's sort of like, um, but what have you done for me lately? <laughs> yeah. When was your last championship, 2007, with Kimi Raikkonen? <laughs> Kimi, last Ferrari champion. <laughs> the only, he was, not he was the, the last Ferrari driver to win a race, too. Not the only reason why Kimi won, but Kimi was helped out by Hamilton and Alonso because fighting they were both other. fighting each other. That you know that, but that, that that takes nothing away from Kimi's championship. Kimi definitely won that championship fair and square. But oh, but Hamilton <clears throat> and Alonso that was a interesting year for McLaren, and I'm sure they were glad when it was over. Yes, they were. Um. <laughs> God, is... I'm sure they'd love to be back in that position again. Two championship drivers fighting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, now you've got... Well, Lando Norris is actually doing all right. Like, I think he's doing pretty good for a rookie. He's, he's impressed me. Yeah, well, he's part of this... I think I've heard Brundle say it a few times. He's part of this generation of what they're calling the most prepared drivers ever. Like, these young guns that are coming in, young guns that are coming in now, because... They've been racing since they were, like, they've been pretty much, like, born in, like, you're going to be a Formula One driver. That's what yeah. you're going to do. And, yeah, so he, he has I, been pretty impressive. I reckon if you put him in a good car, he'll probably be a lot better, a lot further up than he is. I'd probably say the only other, well, not really the only other driver, but one of the other drivers that's come in most prepared was Lewis. Yeah. Because, you know, he and, had the and testing Vitello days. As well. Vitello, Vitello, yeah. Yeah, and look at where yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Champions. Um, yeah, exactly. So, only a matter of time before Lando Norris is a champion. All right. <laughs> a matter of time, like it could take yeah, a, like few a few time. years. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know, man. Like he is good, and like I just said, put him in a better car. I think he'd be further up the grid. What about Renault? What are we going to do with Renault, mate? Because I, I, I just hope. Daniel's enjoying his paychecks because he can't be getting much more fun out of this than that at the moment. No, even strategy calls are going away. Like, why they put him on the medium tires or the harder? They put him on the harder compound where he should have gone on the other ones. At the end yeah. of that race on the safety car because it worked out for Carlos Sainz. Well, yeah, even Ricardo sort of come out and said um, that Renault needs to figure it out. They were his words. They need to figure it out. Not sure what he means by that, but I'm sure. Get this <laughs> shit together. Yeah, <laughs> like strategy, car, everything. I think it almost starts to, it's starting to seem a bit like he was expecting more than what he's got. But to me, 
what he's got is exactly what I would have expected from Renault. Like, yeah, dude, I'm not surprised at all. He was promised a not a race winning car, but I think he was definitely should have been like easily fighting for fifth and sixth. Yeah, yeah, because it seems like he was sort of you know the interviews with him at the start of the year. He was he was realistic. He said, "We don't expect to win races this year, but we want to start." At, you know, in the next few years, build up to it. But, yeah, that's if he hangs around. They're going to need to do something oh. to keep him there because he's, he's still young. He's still full of talent. I'm sure if someone with enough money come along, he'd go. Yeah, and I think Bottas, like this is what JD was saying last week, with Bottas doing so well, it's probably shitting off um, Ricardo because he definitely would have a clause in his contract says if Mercedes come knocking. But now he's got a two-year deal. So... I mean, 2021, let's, let's see how it goes. 2021 is going to be a big year for every motorsport, I think. Yeah, isn't there a, um, yeah, regulation changes and supercars Formula, should have. Formula One and supercars. That'll be an interesting year for supercars for sure. Yep. I think. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to talk about this year. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we could talk about it. I mean, just think it's like the Mustang's definitely going to have to change. 2021. I would be surprised if the Mustang changes before the end of the year, to be honest. Well, I did read something from Supercars the other day. No promises that they won't make any more changes to it. Which is the way I read that was more changes are coming. Yeah, pretty much. The only nice. thing I can see, like, the, like, I get the whole, you know, make the, the double wing. The, yeah, the, the thing I see is, like, if they keep nerfing the Mustang, and if it does get, to, like, yeah, they haven't really done too much damage at the moment. But if it starts to do damage, I get 100% see Ford going, you know what? We're out. We don't want nothing oh, to do with this. Oh, the things that I just want fixed is the stuff that shouldn't have been passed at the start. Like, yeah, and that, fix that's the, the other thing. Wing because that, that, it has that gap. You can't have that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, but you let it through. And, like, I can see the argument from both sides not now. There yeah, he. He probably shouldn't be, but I can see the argument from both sides because, let's face it, I'm a Ford man. I always have been. And I don't yeah. think that's going to change. Um, it's like, so from like the fan point of view, like, what's this crap? <laughs> this, is, this isn't, it's like, you know, they build a car within your rules. You said it was okay. And now you're like, oh, no, that's too quick. We don't like that. Well, no, like, no, so, no, no. but I also see the argument. The... Yeah. Yeah, but I see the argument of, you know, we've got to keep the racing even and fair to keep it interesting. Otherwise, we're going to have a Mercedes situation on our hands. Yeah, yeah. We'll be you know, how many one-twos have shows exactly. up this year. But, yeah. like, well, from what I'm saying, is like if you listen to, like, I've been watching The Dude and The Enforcer and The Dude. i got to say, I really uh, like that. It's a good show. It is They're good. Yeah, um, like and like what Paul Morrison stuff was saying about the wing, when it rocked up to Norwell Motorsport Park for testing, he looked at some of the parts and go, you can't have that. Like what they nerfed on the rear wing um, in Barbagello With should never have, that. yeah, because they hung lower than the bottom, uh, the bottom plate of the spoiler, so they acted as little extra air drafts down there. Yeah, that's yeah. not allowed off any of the cards. That's why you look at the... Well, um, essentially, that's making the bottom side of the wing effective as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the Volvo rocked up with that when they tried to test it the first time, and they said, no, nah, you got to change that. So... 
It's just I like, think why supercars, did they let this happen? Why did they let it go through? They, this is all supercars' fault. 100%. Because, like, you know, Penske, Tickford, Ford, the, you know, the group that put this thing together, they, they brought it here in, and said, this is our interpretation of your rules. And then supercars said, yep, that's fine. Go for it. Go race. It's like, well, you sort of let them do it. It yeah. is 100% supercar's fault, but I, I tend to agree with the slowing them down because the racing will just get boring. But, like, but you, take, yeah, like well, you take downforce off of them now, right? Yeah. We're going to tracks that you want low downforce. Like, oh, no, you get low downforce at Bathurst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got low downforce and a slippery face on your car already. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that well, big you, drop you, ha- you had all your... You had all your downforce for Phillip Island, so they're like, oh, we're done now. We don't need that anymore. Yeah, so it is... I don't know. Supercars have created this mess for himself. Mm. It's just... Anyway. Yes. So... It's a weird position for me because I get both sides of the argument for sure. (laughs) But realistically, we just want to see good racing, so do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, Formula E. Just, you know, because Formula One sucked. No. <laughs> we'll just talk about anything. <laughs> Pretty much. We're trying. This is a filler episode. No, it's not that bad. Just it's all killer. Try. No filler. <laughs> yeah. I sent you a photo um, on the weekend of the Monaco Formula E Grand Prix track. It was an oh, odd yeah. photo, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like I've never seen that part of that track from that perspective. So that was looking like from the tunnel that was towards out of the tunnel towards the marina. So from where the cars were coming at us is actually the runoff. So that's where you know if their cars always stuff up the bus stop chicane. So they turned the the bus stop chicane. Or it's not really called a bus stop, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, no, to a hairpin. So it's yeah, a hairpin yeah. now. So you come up. So when you go up the um. Main straight. You know what I'm going to do? We're just going to quickly go to YouTube. So obviously it's a completely different layout for Monaco. Well, not completely. Uh, slightly. So you've got the start is the normal bit. You go yeah. up. So when you come to the first turn, it actually t- turns back tighter on itself and heads up down a side street instead of heading up a hill to oh. the casino. Oh, wow. That's narrow. And, like... and you come through to this is the part where you come to that Slop chicane. Oh, it turns into a hairpin, and then it heads conversion. back. Yeah, well, they can't do a longer track, so then they head back up, and the rest of the track is normal. So you still go past swimming pool. Ah, right. So it's less disruptive to the track. It's still pretty bad, um, but yeah. So it's just a shortened version of the Monaco track. We're still majority of the same. Monaco feeling. It's very narrow. It's got, you know, Armco right at the side of the track. You're still racing a lot the um, harbour. Yeah. That bit after turn one looked a lot narrower than the Monaco F1 goes to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Formula One would not get through there. <laughs> it's like one wide, maybe. But, yeah, I'm actually really starting to like the Formula E races. I mean, I was... I think you remember when they first announced it, and I was more positive towards it than a lot of people online. I was kind of interested to see how it would go. Yeah. Um, 
I lost interest a little bit when they were swapping cars, but I understood that's battery technology. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, because I, I haven't really kept up with Formula E the past couple of years, but last I remember they were swapping cars. So this is the first season that they're not. Ah, okay, right. So that so, makes it a little more interesting to me because that's kind of a weird thing to do in the middle of a race. <laughs> and they've got an attack zone now. So an attack zone is um, a section on the track that you have to take twice per race, and it's two markers. I, I don't know exactly where it is on the Monaco track, but there's two big white lines, and it's superimposed on TV. It says an attack zone, and the drivers have to drive through those both those lines and it's off the racing line so the section that we're looking at now is through from turn one coming down towards the bus stop chicane um and you'd all run along the the outside of the track um well inside turning into the outside so then you'd have it on the other side where off the racing line you would have this section called the attack zone and you have to drive your car your car over both the white lines so you can't it has to be the full car over it and you get two two dead uh, chimes in your helmet because there's been a few times where drivers actually have um, not gone far enough across because you lose time. It costs you about a second to go through this attack zone. So the oh. idea is you go through the attack zone. but Could then you have to do it every get... lap? No, no, no. So you do it one lap, and you see over in the screen that we've got up on our display here, you see how there's a couple of, like you've got Roland, Massa, Buemi, and Van Dorm all lit up. They've got blue, and they've got yep. these chevrons next to them. So there's one, yeah, yeah, yeah. two, three chevrons. That's how much time you've got of extra power. So when you go over the attack zone, you've got access to, I can't remember exactly uh, off the top of my head, 25 kilowatts more power. Um, and they over time, it deteriorates, and then you go back and you run out again. You have to run the attack zone twice in the race. So uh, two different okay. times you come over it. So I, it's interesting to see how they take it because, you know, obviously at this situation here, you've got Roland that's taking the attack zone and Verline that doesn't have it. So he will probably look at going to either need to defend hard against a car that's much faster than him. So he might want to take the attack zone, you know, either just after or, you know, before. it. It's interesting. They take them during, like, right at the end of safety cars, which is quite interesting if a safety car happens. And you need oh, to take yeah. your attack zone. You all take it on that last lap. So they all go through it. So you don't, you're not no one you're gets a benefit. minimizing <laughs> the loot loss of time. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit like um, it's an extension it, on what they do in Rallycross with their a joker, joker lap. lap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's pretty At cool. At the start, everyone was like, oh, this is Mario Kart racing. It's not like they got little heads up display on their steering wheel, like, I take them, you know. But <laughs> yeah. no, the attack zone is, is, is good. I kind of like it. That's a cool idea. The fan boost, I'm still not a huge fan of. I think, um, like, if we had fan boost in Formula One, Max Verstappen would get it all the time. So, was that like extra power if the fans decide you can have it? Yes. That's, yes. Yeah, that's a bit so silly. towards. It's only. Contest, I think it? it's a couple. It's a couple of minutes of it. So they try and promote drivers that have done well throughout that weekend they're like you know these drivers are doing well you know vote for them blah 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 um i'm not a huge fan of the fan boost that's been in this i think i believe fan boost has been in formula e the whole time but the attack zone the attack zone i was interested to see it copped a lot of flack at the start but it's actually 
proving to be quite good. Um, I don't know. That actually sounds pretty cool. Like, like we were saying, like, I've always liked, you know, you watch a rallycross race. There's only like five laps, but one of those laps, everyone has to do a longer lap. And it just, it gives such good strategy as to when they decide to take it. And like, you know, this is a bit different because the races are longer, but I can see a similar sort of thing. Like, you know, it can really play into how well you finish a race. Yeah. And I'm always a little bit like, ah, oh, timed. I, for some reason, I hate timed races. Because yeah. I was like, don't tell me how long the race is. It's this many laps. Like, but they're yeah, always no, timed. They're saying, 45 yeah. minutes plus one lap, which is just standardized. At least you know rough, you know exactly how long it's going to run. Um, but yeah. yeah, I like the lap countdown. Yeah, I know what you mean there. It's sort of like watching some enduros, like a four hour race or something. And you see a mm. timer that says three hours. You're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to hang out for that long. But then you see something with a lap timer countdown. It just, I don't know. It's a weird psychological thing, I guess, but I agree. I prefer the lap counter. Yeah, like if you said like a lap counter here, say 25 laps, oh, 20, yeah, 25 laps of Monaco, that would be probably 30, 40 laps to get a thing. I, I, don't know what, I can't remember. the slow part, though, too. So. <laughs> yeah, well, because like obviously the Formula E needs to be on a very stop-starty track because yeah. if they didn't have that, they obviously, when they're coming into the braking zones, they're recovering a lot of that, the energy back into the battery. So yeah. that, that's, it's, it's little trickery like that that allow them to actually get the whole car through a race. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and obviously, the, the, they're limited to how much battery power they can use during a race. So I've actually watched the race where a guy used zero, he got down to 0% battery. <laughs> but he wasn't at zero percent. It's like that's your allocated um, power usage because it's all done by power usage. You're allowed to, you know, have X number of kilowatt hours or whatever you're pulling uh, from the battery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the batteries are bigger than what they need. But like, so if you use a hundred percent of your battery, you're not dead flat. You're, you're still going to get back to the pits. Well, no, that's that, that's probably a better way to do it because. I guess that's the only way you could really do it. Otherwise, you know, inconsistencies in batteries and stuff like that. You have people going flat and you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. But, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's probably the best way they could go about controlling that part of it. Yeah. And, you know, Formula E, I, I, I hope for an Australian Formula E round. I really That'd do. And I, I'll I'd probably go, go down and I'll go to it. I'd check that out for sure. Um, apparently it wasn't – it's not – impossible to think about it like it's it's definitely a possibility that could happen oh okay so it's like been it's it's, it's been talked about been thrown around yeah um formula e there was talk of trying to get them on the adelaide circuit but formula e said we are not going with supercars because it's kind of against everything that economy I, I understand where they're coming from on that one. It's, it's green racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we use the 85. Come on. That's, that's good for the environment. No, well, the thing is, like, you go Formula E, like, oh, it's good for the environment. You think about how much, how many forklifts to put all the barriers up. They're all, like, they're not electric forklifts. They're probably running diesel or LNG ones. Um, yeah, all the yeah. trucks to transport it, it's still not a, green, a zero emissions thing, but oh, it is classed, it's still classed as zero emissions racing. 
because the cars, the race cars. The yeah, race I, cars don't put on. So you're allowed them in the centre. That's why they go to the centre of cities. They're, they're in the centre of Paris. I... Ah, uh, yeah. I'm just going to bring up their calendar and see where they're off to next. Because I, I do recommend everyone get on to Formula E. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's it's good. This it's next, good the, Ber- the Berlin um, E E Prix is in 11 days' time. Now, that's actually at their old airport. Oh, right, eh? So it's, they could make that tractor however they wanted. That's pretty cool. Um, so where's the, where's the calendar? Let's try and bring up the calendar. We just had the Monaco. Oh, where have we gone? Where have we, have we had? One, two, three, four, five. That was round nine. Shit, huh. they really kicked this off. Oh, it started in December. So they had um, Saudi Arabia. Marrakesh. Um, Marrakesh. Where's Marrakesh? I want to say Monaco. Not Monaco. Uh, Morocco, maybe? Mor- oh, it's sure. Morocco. I believe that's Morocco. Um, and then they had Santiago, which is Chile. Then they had the Mexico um, E-Prix, Hong Kong, China, Italian, Paris, the Monaco. Then they've got Berlin, Switzerland, uh, so yeah, Germany, Switzerland. <laughs> Then they've got two New York ones. So New York is actually, oh, I watched this last year. It's a two-day event, so there's two races. Are they two, like two different tracks? No, I don't believe so. I believe it's still the New York Oh, they track. just do two races, right. Yeah, they I just do it. two races on, like, one on the 13th of January, uh, July. And one on the 4th. that's yeah. why, because they're starting a split calendar. Did you okay. see they're racing in Switzerland? Switzerland hates cars. So yes, yes <laughs> this is dry because they're allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, nah, the Formula E is it's definitely getting there. I feel really bad for the Moto E guys, which I don't know if you really remember what happened to them at the start of the year, but they were all testing at a track in Spain, I believe, and I think it was one of the fast charges um, shorted out in the pits and burnt down all the bikes. Oh. I did not hear about that. Uh, that sucks. That, that's got to hurt. Like, obviously, yeah. they're not racing. They were all in the same garage. Oh, man, that's going to suck. Yeah, so that wasn't good, but hopefully that's, they get on. That's just a whole new risk that we're coming into with, ele- like, electronic motors racing. Like, the, the power these things are putting out is massive, like massive amounts of electricity and the amount of power it takes to charge. And then we talk about fast charging and we're like, yeah, yeah I can see the fire risk and all that sort of stuff. It's... Yeah, it's, it was crazy. It's very unfortunate, but I, 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 I mean, I'm not a big motorbike guy, so I didn't really look too much into it. afterwards. <laughs> I'm not a motorbike guy, so I just don't really care. <laughs> uh, I have to admit, I, I don't really watch motorbike racing it doesn't do it for me no it doesn't it doesn't i mean you know each their own if you love it go out watch it support your motorbike racing but just doesn't um doesn't do it for me doesn't do it for me oh something i want to talk about motorbikes when last week you weren't on the show but um jd was we're talking about um nighttime tracks and like basically lighting hidden valley because you know it was already talked about it's probably never going to happen our government's broke anyway um, but yada, yada, yada. I actually had a, uh, one of our listeners wrote in who's, you know, always sends us messages letting us know 
what he thinks, which is great. We encourage everyone to do that. He wrote in saying the reason why Hidden Valley, oh, the, the cost of lighting Hidden Valley is too much because it's a government-owned track. It needs to be compliant for everything that that track can host. And motorbikes require a lot more lighting, apparently, than supercars. Oh. And so that's why if they were to do permanent lighting, it has to be able to do motorbikes under lights. Oh, there you go. Did not know that. Yeah, neither did we. So, you know, if you do know stuff, write it in, and then we'll let everyone else know. Yeah, and we'll admit, we don't know what we're talking about sometimes. <laughs> all right. So, since this episode's sort of gone all over the shop, we've talked about Formula E a lot more than we've probably ever talked about it. Um, we'll pretty much wrap it up here. Points last week, both you and JD picked Bottas, which we said on the qualifying, you guys thought you were on for a point. I'd picked Hamilton. Um, I got a point, so... I now lead six <laughs> points to JD's three, to Mitch's one. Um, before we started recording, I messaged JD, said, mate, got to get your tips in. I know you're on your deathbed and you're laying in bed dying, but tell me who needs the, who's going to win in two weeks. And I think JD knows that he's three points behind, so he has definitely like put some safe bets in. He's <laughs> tipped Hamilton for the um, Monaco Grand Prix. And picked Scotty McLaughlin for Winton. So we'll go to you. Monaco Grand Prix. Who do you think? Monaco Grand Prix. That that's always like I wanna say Hamilton, but at the same time I don't. Um Monaco's always one of those ones where you can get a winner there that's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to say Verstappen for some reason, because Red Bull generally do alright there. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go with that. Why not? Stole my boy. That's uh, <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. You can have it too, bro. Yeah, plenty of points ahead of me. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. No, no. I'll go somewhere different because I, I, I honestly think Red Bull is in for a shot there. Yeah, because they generally do well there. I was just thinking about that. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say Bottas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going with Verstappen. Yeah, Verstappen. That's a that's a good pick because I mean they're. And Monaco, like I said, is one of those ones... Not a power-dependent. It's a track that'll throw out a winner that... It's a driver's track. That's what it is. So You know what? And... Ferrari has let me down a lot. But I'm going to go Charles. Let's see if he can win at home. Oh, yeah, he is from... What do they call him? Monegasque? <laughs> the Monegaskian. Yeah. Now, supercars. Well, um, I think I'm going to go with Fabs. I reckon he's got a bit of fire under him. He's got the same car as Scotty, so I reckon he can do it. So just brought up the results from last year's Winton race. Now, this just jogged my memory a little bit. This was just after Nissan announced that they were pulling out of supercars. Ah, that's right. And then they lit it on fire. <laughs> and then we had that late safety car and Rick Kelly come home with a win. So anything yep. can happen. Scott McLaughlin did not win last year at Winton. Ah. Uh-huh. Fabs won on the Sunday. Rick Kelly won on Saturday. Ooh. Go on, pick a Nissan. Go on. <laughs> I'm not picking Rick Kelly again because <laughs> I just lightning only strikes twice. Doesn't strike twice. <laughs> he was lucky. That was that late safety car. Yeah, mate. <laughs> and he dived up the inside. I had some balls on that pass. It was a pretty good effort. And then again, he's like, bin it or win it. What have I got to lose? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's testing there? Erebus tested there this week. Or next week, or this weekend, they're testing. I think Erebus has been a bit off form this year, even with the whole Mustang factor. They've just not been up yeah. where I would have thought they would be. Uh, none of the Holdens are. I think we're all taken back. It's, I mean, we can talk about this Mustang all the yeah. time. I really want to stop talking about it because it's like we've had a good 20 minute talk about it in like every episode since bloody car came out <laughs> well it's it, it's a pretty big factor in supercars at the moment <laughs> but yeah anyway what do you reckon um i i, I don't know because i'm trying to pick someone different and i just don't see tickford getting up there at the moment can you see nah. Tickford? i wasted a couple of points on them i'm not doing that again <laughs> no nah, it's just i don't know nah, i will go Chaz. let's see how he goes yeah, if anyone's going to do it from Tickford, it's him. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's got a Mustang. Hopefully they can fix it up. They, he had that engine problem there, but, you know, Waters and that did still pretty good in WA last week or the other week. Waters has been relatively impressive so far this year. Wouldn't put it past me if Waters gets a win, but... Nah, I... I yeah. Just, I guess it depends on how all this other big P stuff goes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're going to wrap it up there because... Yeah, it's probably a good idea, man. <laughs> we've, we've done the episode. So thank you very much, Mitch, for filling in. Um, appreciate it. Late call up. Thank you very much for everyone else for listening in to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Like I said, if you have anything you want to add to the show, anything that you just want to say hi, you know, send us a message, send us an email. Our email address is breakinglate at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash breakinglate. Or you can head over to our website, breakinglake.com. Um, we'll be back in a fortnight's time after the Monaco and Winton, I was going to say Winton Grand Prix, but after the Monaco Grand Prix and the Winton Super Sprint. So we'll see you guys later. Catch you. Bye.